So Mustafa, what are we drinking this time? Hey, Chris, welcome back to Mikasa. Uh, this is for the second installment. This is a Knob Creek Rye. This is a Kentucky Straight Rye Whiskey. And you said you know Knob Creek, right? It's a classic. I, everyone's, a lot of people have heard of it. But the, the thing I was interested in knowing, because um, mm-hmm. we learnt, <laughs> going back to the previous episode, we learnt on the whiskey trip that single malts are actually quite recent yes. uh, phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Um, is there such a thing as a single malt or a blend in America or is it all blends? Ah, well, uh, blends, I think, in the old days, especially in Scotland, as I remember, I think they said... It says 100% proof. What does that mean? <sighs> That's that- the alcohol per volume, but there was a logic about that one. I remember uh, researching it, Googling it. It doesn't mean 100% alcohol, but there is a correlation <laughs> from proof to alcohol content. I wonder if it's to do with... It reminds me of a, a story I learned uh, around tequila. Actually, mm-hmm. what is it? Where um, during Prohibition in yeah. America, which was a terrible idea. When was um, it? 1930s or something? 20s, I think. Mm-hmm. This is when like the 20s, whole okay. Al Capone, all that kind of stuff. Oh, okay. Um, there's two things that we do with tequila now. Well, actually, we have to we have to be careful here because firstly, <laughs> now tequila is recognized in many countries as uh, protected. So you can only call tequila tequila if it's from tequila, which is a very confusing sentence. Uh, and everything else is mezcal. Okay. Um, so a lot of what we used to call tequila as kids is probably now mezcal. So mm-hmm. tequila, if you buy it these days, is actually probably better than you remember. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, but back when it was crap uh, and people were trying to get illicit alcohol, the two things I heard, one uh, I don't haven't really seen this for years, but you used to be able to buy tequila with the worm in it. Worm, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think I that think stopped it's... a long time ago, but uh, because it probably like health and safety, or whatever. But the reason they <laughs> did that was because uh, a lot of the prohibition alcohol was so such bad quality. Uh-huh. If the worm was preserved, it would show that it had a decent level of alcohol. So that's one thing. The other one I learned was te- tequila slammers. The Take a shot, the salt, the lime, yeah. or the lime, I can't remember what order. Yeah. He's also from Prohibition because the tequila tasted so bad. Oh, the- They wanted to get rid of the taste. Hey, the flavor, okay. <laughs> so the routine or the, what is it, the process of tequila drinking comes from mm. this terrible tequila from Prohibition. Interesting. But, but back to Knob Creek. What, back do, you, what do you think about it? It's got a- this is rye whiskey, basically. Mm-hmm. It's not the classic bourbon. I mean, I, I normally drink uh, mm-hmm. Knob Creek. It is... For two reasons, I like it. It is 50%, one of the strongest ones. <laughs> All Knob Creeks, the standard bourbon as well. We're, we're recording on a Sunday night, which should probably not start with a 50, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> 50%. I mean, the other ones we are going to try. You're tonight. the one with the proper they job, are, so it's fine. <laughs> the other ones we'll try, uh, Chris Aberlour, they are 48%. So oh, I think 40 to 50%, I think it's not a big difference, right? So... It's high alcohol content, which I like. It kind of gives, it burns my mouth and then it burns down as it goes through my throat. And I said, this is good. And it has this nice vanilla, sweetish taste, which is flavor of the American bourbon. I think that's... It's weird though, because you get things like bourbon ice cream, which Ah. you associate with being vanilla-y. Bourbon ice cream. I never tried that one. But it's kind of like caramelly smoky, but also... Uh there's a slight like chemically smell, which you do get on scotches as well, which uh, makes sense. That's alcohol. 
No, no, okay, taste it. I mean, it smells a little bit grassy. Cheers. Drink some of it. Yeah, it's drink. Yeah, we have been smelling. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, it's that time of year now when my skin goes to crap because of the cold weather and my <sighs> lips are really sore, so that burned. Ah. <laughs> 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 Well, this year the wind, the cold arrived a bit earlier than usual, right? It, it did. Although we weren't here last December, we were back in Australia, so, so ah, kind of you wouldn't it. know that. I mean, yeah. I was here last year, and then it was warm, like 10, 12 Celsius through Christmas to the New Year. It was ridiculous. It wasn't proper winter last year, and this year, it's like one of those good old days, one of good old winters. It is funny because I don't really like Christmas very much. I must admit. Oh. There is there is something about being in the snow and seeing all the lights up, and even my hardened <laughs> Grinch-like soul is a bit like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Although I was saying to you, I just got back from Helsinki and Estonia, which was ah. a lot colder than here. Oh, what were you up to there, up north? It's a bit far away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been conference season, and that was the last event of the year. I can tell you a little bit about some of them, but the thing that struck me was how people in Berlin, even though it's cold, and it can go down to about minus 10, minus 11 normally, is yeah. the worst I've ever seen, people will try to struggle through with the crappiest clothes for the longest time, wearing sneakers and jeans and stuff. And you go to Finland and everyone's got the big boots, the uh. proper trousers. Although I was saying to my wife, um, did she said, oh, well, the cold weather is a good leveler. You know, it, it uh. makes fashion go out the window and all this kind of stuff. But actually something I noticed was that, um, especially in Finland, I suppose, which probably has more immigrants and is a little okay. bit more expensive, was you really could see the difference between the... the New arrivals? <laughs> yeah, because... The, who aren't acclimatized well, to the... Or don't have the money to uh, buy the decent clothes because uh, it probably okay. cost a lot of money. Yes. They lost you a long time, but like mm -hmm. 200 euros or whatever for a decent pair of boots is a lot of money yeah. if you're working a kind of minimum wage job. But, yeah. So that really did jump out at me and a lot of the uh vault delivery drivers and stuff mm -hmm. like that sorry yeah vault, vault. yes there's vault and vault which is confusing um you could see them wearing Under trainers and stuff and oh. God, and it's not you know it's 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 never warm <laughs> it's never warm and it is just starting that's the thing it is yeah, just starting yeah. it, was, it was minus Six or something. Minus six. But they also handle being inside better. You know, you go here and you get this weird extremes where you go indoors and mm -hmm. everything's oppressively warm. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't really, I don't know, it isn't as, they do cold weather better, I will say that, that's for sure. Well, I guess in Berlin we try to compensate with for the call with the whiskey or the drinks. <laughs> i tell you what though, this, what? Is, this is one thing that hmm. told me Berlin has become more expensive. Because Finland didn't seem that expensive anymore. No way. No way. I mean, I remember going to Nordics once and then beer was expensive. Everything yeah. seems ridiculously expensive. Okay. I just yeah. I just think it may be that it's... it's so it be worse. I don't know. Like seven... Or I, rem I remember last time I was in Helsinki paying 10 euros for a beer. Yeah. I didn't ever pay more than about seven or eight. So this I, time. Yeah, I can't imagine things got... Cheaper. I think beer is still cheaper here than oh, for, uh, it's still to, cheaper yeah, for sure. Yeah. But you can now go to a bar uh, and spend five. Yeah, of course. So, yeah, that that makes sense. Um, it's uh, and they have. I mean, it helped going to a conference. We hardly paid for any alcohol. So, <laughs> <laughs> but the rare occasions they so. provided the booze. At the well, this is one of the things about being in a country that's reasonably wealthy is a lot of sponsored. Ah, uh, then good old uh, sponsors.
Great. So, what do you think about this Lenape Creek, Rye? I've never been massively into bourbon. I, I kind of would like to learn it a bit more. Yeah, this is the green. I think one other thing that popped out to me on the online shop, uh, it has a green label <laughs> compared to the other black one. I don't know, not that the black like one it is brownish. Cream, isn't it? Yeah, creamish. And uh, actually, I can tell you, sir, why I bought this. I okay. bought 10 bottles of whiskey. Because you liked the name of it. No, no, actually, yeah, I like the name, but uh, there was a Black Friday sale, and oh, I yeah. <laughs> I remember buying this Spey Fumar, the smoked whiskey that we tasted last time, and I wanted to refill my inventory, and then they send an email and say, hey, we have this Black Friday, would you like to buy more whiskey? And then I went online, checked the, all the whiskeys, and, and I said, you know what, I'm going to drink less next year. So that was my new resolution. I plan not to buy anything. <laughs> then I was chatting with a friend on the, in the office during work hours. Uh, and then I told him, hey, dude, I'm planning to buy some whiskey. And then we started talking about, he's a whiskey lover as well. And his favorite is Knob Creek. So we started chatting about whiskey. And then I went online. I showed him, hey, you should try this one, the Spay Fumar. And then he said, dude, you live only once. I guess you should just drink it. And I said, really, man? I like that way of thinking. Screw it, I, and I just ended up ordering 10 bottles of... <laughs> not, not of Knob Creek. <laughs> no, no, oh, okay. it's like four bottles of uh, Chita, my regular day-to-day go-to-drink, uh, the whiskey, that is the Japanese one, which we'll try later. Okay, yeah. I bought four of them to replenish my inventories. Two bottles of the Spey Fumar, the artisanal. Uh, two bottles uh, of Berlor, one... Uh, cask and aham it says and the other one 18 years old double share cask uh, from Aberlour. if you remember we went to their uh, yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, their uh, yeah. distillery and then they gave us free tasters i kind of they earned my they hearts, really have yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they earned my heart by i think those. they made their money back off you it's okay <laughs> <laughs> i think yeah and then i said hey i the last time we tried tried the mitchers or mitters how do you spell this mitchers or something bourbon is it American or Irish? It's American. It's American, uh, Kentucky straight bourbon. Probably Michter then? I don't know. Michter. So I spell it like German. Michter yeah. or Michers. Anyway, I had last time the... Or maybe Michter. I don't know. Michter. Like Mick. I Mick. don't know. Who knows? Anyway. <laughs> right I, in. I bought a bourbon version of this one this time. Ah. And I said, hey, you know what? Let me put a Knob Creek Rye onto the into the I, basket i did do some uh shopping as well i think i did it before good friday but i used ah. the, the the dutch website whose name is unpronounceable oh um and they always have sales i got Flying. uh the normal spay i haven't normal opened spay. it yet okay i haven't opened it yet i got some kale Ela, which i will bring next time because that's one of my go-to favorites ah. and i bought um <laughs> and I bought uh, oh I bought the Glenfiddich Glenfiddich yeah the, ah, the 12 12 year yeah you said yeah. you like them yeah, more than 18 yeah, yeah, years yeah. old one yeah so I got those cool um, I've only had the had the Glenfiddich and the Coelho so far I'm probably gonna I don't know how to pronounce it sorry um, I'm probably gonna save the my Fumar for the um, holidays holidays yeah. meaning uh, well the, the two days I'm gonna take off over Christmas break <laughs> <laughs> So you're taking only two days off? I've actually got a lot to do. Um, we never really... Well, anyway. <laughs> welcome to episode two. Well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome to episode two. Thank you for sticking with us. We're still figuring out the format or the lack of format. Um, but yes, as a day job, I 
I'm doing a bunch of different things, but one of them is uh, writing and uh, video making. And from traveling the past couple of months, I have a lot to catch up on. And to be honest with you, December, January is a good time to catch up. Uh, So to be honest with you, I just have a lot to catch up with that will help Mm -hmm. me next year. Um, And yeah, that's that's it. And also because everyone else goes away. So no one is really bothering you. So it is a good time. Uh, so you use the time. I mean, exactly. I like the end of the year as well. As you said, for ketchup, I use uh, two weeks end of the year as like my mini sabbatical. That's what I'm planning this year. Uh, last week of December and first week of January. I'll be working on my next uh, project. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So most of actually, I mean... We should, you should learn to do cross-promotion. You, you have a book out, don't you? Yes. Uh, actually, I finished my yeah. second book. What's the book called? And, and give, us a, give us a story from it. <laughs> the book uh, title is called Irregular Mustafa. Okay. So it is uh, loosely based, or I would say tightly based on my personal uh, life <laughs> experience in Berlin and Turkey. And, uh, well, it is, I think, the people who read it, uh, they said that's pretty... Open, I think that's one of the candidates, one of the comments from one of my friends. And I mean, I like reading it as well sometimes. And then the people, I think last week I got the feedback. One of my colleagues, he read, the, he started reading the book and then he, <laughs> he said, and I asked him, well, did you learn anything from the book? He said, I learned not to ever use other people's uh, trimmers. Oh. Because there is an episode <laughs> right, in the right, book okay. <laughs> that I used the trimmer to cut some uh, bodily hair. And then there's a, like a half a page of descriptive uh, inner thought, mesh with inner thought and monologue part. And then he read that part and said, okay, that's one thing I learned from your book that never ever use other people's trimmers. <laughs> and I said, yeah, that's a good thing. <laughs> and uh, I think he liked the middle part. And then because there's a long section that I go on a long road trip with my dad, late father. And it reminded him of his relationship to his father. And he had similar interactions with his dad. And I said, ah, that's good, actually. I think it looks like it helps people remember similar things. I guess at the very core level, we are humans and we have similar experiences. So I'm happy to, it put a smile on that, my colleague. So, and they still talk to me, basically. <laughs> I think this is always a problem, isn't it, of, uh, of writing something and then getting people to read it. It's like they possibly learn something about you where... You're never entirely sure if you want them to learn that. (laughs) Yeah, there was another episode, for example, we went out for a lunch with a couple of colleagues and for soup, we want to have soup. And then one of the girls, uh, I think she was with us as well. Actually, she invited us to go there. And then I don't know how the subject came to the topic that the guy said, oh. And I said, how do you know that? And she said, well, I read your book. (laughs) And I said, that wasn't the really... (laughs) Maybe I shouldn't have promoted the book in the office space. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you cut that part. This is problematic, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> in summary, whether whether what Mustafa just said remains in or not, uh, in summary, you don't always want people you work with and everything about you. I think is yeah. Actually, but that was the objective of my book. I mean, I want to give the feeling to the reader that they really get to know someone inside and out. So I think I am kind of achieving that one. And then that was the object of the book. Mm. Because in the modern day life, we hang out with people or we live together even, but we don't really get to know what really goes in the minds of other people. So I think the way I wrote the book has a lot of this 
dialogues and then but also conf- I conflicted or I used the backdrop with the inner inner monologues just to give that okay the conflicting behavior of human yeah. nature. Yeah. So if yeah. they want to read it, they can find it on Amazon. Irregular Mustafa. I I've struggled <laughs> with doing the personal story stuff actually. I think you were there when um we went to a personal story reading thing and I Ah, yes, I, I remember. Did it almost on purpose because I'm not very good at it. Uh-huh. I never think of uh anything revolving around <laughs> it sounds like I'm trying to uh to 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 promote myself in some way, but I can never think of anything interesting that revolves around me, really. If I'm writing, mm-hmm. I always want to write about something else. Okay. And you inject bits of you into that, but uh I, I, you know, you watch those people, those readings who are very good at it and they will, you know, draw from all the senses and they'll make something that actually, if you step back, wasn't really very interesting, but they'll make it seem compelling. Ah, okay. And I'm just not, I tend to think far too uh, fantastically, I think maybe. I think your um, story was interesting. As I yeah, remember, it was, uh, yeah, but yeah. you visited a dungeon or something. It was, yeah. It wasn't quite the same. Yeah. Um, actually, I think it's an appropriate story for this podcast. So, mm-hmm. um, I was in Odessa in Mm -hmm. Ukraine, in South Ukraine, and uh, they have one of the biggest cave networks Uh, in the world. Um, And actually, it's quite fascinating in many, many ways. Firstly, because it's huge and completely unexploited. Uh, Well, unexploited is a tourist attraction. (laughs) There is no tickets. You basically have to find a guide and you have to find a guide. Otherwise, you will get very lost. And uh, never find the... They get away to well, get the service. Um, <laughs> so uh, one of the sto- one of the questions that a lot of people ask the guide is, "Have you ever mm-hmm. found a dead body?" And <laughs> they found some them, but- some have. Um, people do go down there, and there is a history of this. So okay, uh, I'll start with the serious stories. Maybe <laughs> one of the very serious stories was um, it has been used as a shelter many many times because it's ah. so big, um, and there were partisans in there. I think. During the I think children during World War One, World War One, maybe it I'm not, dates back that I'm not 100. percent well, it's, it's natural caves, um, mm, unnatural. Caves. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I can't remember the exact. Maybe I'm wrong about the dates, but during one of the various Russian incursions on mm. on Ukraine, and they stayed down there so long, and this place is dark. There is no light. He actually made us turn all our torches off to you know even get a slice of feeling how they would have felt being down there for i don't know i can't even remember but a very long time ah that reminds me of a movie that i watched underworld i don't know if you watched it or not it is an emir kustrika movie i think hey that these these people i think during world war ii they start living underworld underground caves and then they never get to know that the war ended so they just stay there and then they go crazy yeah yeah there's a few like this isn't there there's the film about a woman who goes into a coma before the wall comes uh, down, okay. and then they wake her up. It's an East German film. Ah, it was a German one. And they try to uh, convince, like, break it to Goodbye a gently. Goodbye, Lenin. Goodbye, Lenin. Yeah. Yes, they I try to I... break it to a gently that things have changed uh, a bit. Ah, I remember that was a really good movie. Yeah. Actually, I watched it. Yeah, there's that one. And uh, uh, yeah, anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, the kid so, was a loving kid. He was yeah. trying to sh- yes. yeah, protect yeah, yeah, his yeah. mom yeah, 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 so exactly. that she wouldn't get another stroke. Yeah. So yeah. he tried, yeah. he was really trying hard to yeah. give her the old way of exactly. it's a EDR nice life, film, but yeah. the more the time passed, it became so difficult, he couldn't find the gulke, yeah. like the, the pickles, pickles to give her. It was kind of interesting. Now that I am in Germany, I eat pickles and say, ah, okay, this is what that, I understand the movie much better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Back to Odessa. So 
the but one of the things about these caves being completely unregulated is you know uh, ukraine is a can be at times a pretty um unregulated place should we mm -hmm. say especially outside of the cities so people have exploited the fact there's a giant cave network under them and they'll mm -hmm. just dig holes and jump jump dig they'll just dig holes and drop trash Ah, so you like find all these just landfill kind of yeah, fun, basically like, behavior. And as we were about leaving, um, we passed this bricked-up wall, and there's lots of scratchings and changes. It was a mine at a certain point, and there's lots of markings from the miners and things like that. Uh, but uh, it was this very sort of seemingly fairly out of place, relatively modern bricked-up wall. And someone said to the guide, "What is that?" <laughs> and he said, "Well, one day." One of the guides was down here and could smell this horrible smell. Oh, boy. And they turned this corner and found that one of the <laughs> one of the holes that had been dug from above ground was a communal toilet. Oh, boy. And it was a giant pond of human, human waste product. Shall human we say? waste product. <laughs> so they bricked it up to, uh, to block out like a smell permeating through the caves. But- Anyway, it is actually quite a fascinating place and quite unique. Uh, it's also worth going into the, uh, they have this sort of fake horror room where someone uh, actually okay. filmed a horror film. So there's all these markings on the wall and stuff. And it's weird because it actually looks kind of so phony. It doesn't feel particularly scary, but still. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, how did we come here? I think we were talking about the stories, right? And you mentioned that well, the personal uh, stories, the yeah. personal stories. Yes, yes, that was the so yarn. That, I think I that, told the story about that, but it wasn't very personal, really. Yeah, I think, and that's the funny thing. I, I don't really think of my life or my experiences in that way. So why don't you like? Uh, let's say, let me ask this question. Uh, you don't like writing uh, personal stories, right? You said, or and if I do, I will dress it up in something. Dress else. it up. Yeah, I think I will be the total opposite of that yeah. one. I, I, I mean, that's kind of maybe my. Yeah writing style i want to give everything as naked as it is and then as descriptive as it is maybe sometimes so that i leave the judgment to the reader yeah. but i spend a lot of time in terms of writing like i want the writing experience to be smooth so that yeah. Yeah. it shouldn't get in the way but the content the evaluation of the content the the, you, the reader can like it or not but the, i think i'm more focused on the writing i think part. That, that's interesting you say that because i think i prefer ambiguity and that's why I like writing uh, speculative fiction, as I call it, because you leave gaps, you leave oh. intentional gaps, and maybe you don't even know the answer. And that's yes. it's sometimes maybe just because it's lazy. But if you're doing personal writing, and especially you mentioned you do inner monologues a lot, I guess yeah. you you don't leave much. You leave things open to judgment, but you don't leave things open to interpretation. Maybe. Uh, I, I mean, I do that. The, I like the point which you mentioned. I think one of the uh, good writing, fiction or like personal writing is what do you keep in and what do you leave out? Yep. So yep. I do yep. selective writing, let's say that yep. way. Yep. So I, in certain things, I like to go really deep and wide so I can write a one page of a descriptive thing, which I care about. But sometimes I just, but I don't explain it why I do that one. So that is the part which the reader has to read through the script and to understand, okay, why am I reading this thing? It is terrible, <laughs> but I still like, I still would like to read it. And why did he write? So I leave these little gaps mm. in the prose. So they keep, they, they keep reading the next paragraph, next yeah. sentence. So you have to use certain, I mean, you can't write everything as it is. I totally agree. Do, do, uh, 
do you as the protagonist uh you know do you do you learn from these stories you know if you're saying that sometimes you'll talk and cover things that maybe some people might be offended by or something do you worry about that or does your protagonist kind of show that maybe you are more uh more you know you you learn i don't know you know you do you know what i mean or oh yeah i mean it is i i because i have my editors taking me feedbacks about the uh, i think uh, sensitive sensitivity of the topic so i spend a lot of time to make sure that my message doesn't come across as like racist or sexist or other stuff because that's not what i am but if you are not careful with the writing sometimes uh, normal text can come across very wrong so i spend time and an effort to make sure that the text is understood in the right way but it is not really clear. It is always up to interpretation. Mm. So yep. my objective is not to offend or like anger any group because it is my life experience. And then I want to give it as uh, without any interpretation as possible. But I, it's more like a cinematic view of writing. So if you tell me, okay, what kind of writing I'm doing it, I give inner monologues and I give the external look, the cinematic view. That's what I like. Mm. And then I want to allow the user to read it and then make their own judgment. and. If and the co- topics I use is more like personal, it uh, it I would say applies to everybody. So it is not exclusive; it is an inclusive topics like aging. What do you do with an aging parent? That is the theme that I work in my book, and everybody from all walks of life doesn't matter nationality or anything. They have the people who have aging parents table. They can sympathize with this topic. So that's kind of what I'm writing in my book, or I wrote in my book. I think we should take a quick break in yes. a second. <laughs> but before we do that, I want to ask you one question. Sure, go ahead. If someone wants to make a movie of your book, who'd play you? Oh, who will play me? Uh, what was the name of that guy? Let me... The name of that guy. The, the, <laughs> do you know the guy who played in The Billionaires? I the the guy who played in that film. Yeah, the movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. The movie, wait a second. The movie, the TV series. The TV. series. Uh, Bill... Billionaire, billions, billions. Okay, I don't know. And so. Paul Giamatti, Paul Giamatti. I, I kind of like that guy. Okay, okay. Yeah. Paul Giamatti, for some reason, he used to be a really good uh, character player. I can see some resemblances. And yeah. then recently, he has some really good. Uh, I mean, he's not the, your typical uh, Hollywood type, like the number one actor, right? He's not Brad Pitt, or he's not uh, who is it like the Leonardo. And uh, Paul Giamatti, as I say, I like his acting, his yeah. character. And since you are not uh, what's it, seduced by the looks, I can focus on his real acting. That's what I like about his acting. Are you saying he's not good looking, Mustafa? <laughs> <laughs> he is, I mean, he's an ugly duckling. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> All right, on that bombshell, let's take a break. <laughs> All right. Sorry, Mustafa, what are we drinking now? Hey, Chris. So we are trying the, we are tasting the Chita from Santori Whiskey, Japan. Yeah. Single grain Japanese whiskey, 43%. It's interesting because it doesn't have much of a smell, yeah. but when you smell it, it, it kind of got that. Medical? Makes your eyes water a little bit sort of what? vibe to it. I don't know, maybe I was smelling it so much, I'm not sure. It's a strong smell, but it's very alcoholic, strong smell. Yeah. It's not for sniffing, I think. 
But the taste is, it has a oh, yeah, sweet, yeah, yeah, yeah. sweet vanilla taste. Yeah, this is. So um, 2019, our last like big trip before 2020, and we'll just leave it there. Mm -hmm. um, we were in Osaka, where Santaro is from, or near, oh, really? nearby, nearby, and we were supposed to actually go and do a, a tour. So I, firstly, I drank a lot of, not not sure which one. You get the one in the uh, rectangular bottle. Nika, that one at the corner, you see? I don't think I can see it from this angle, but yeah. Um, Rectangle small bar. Yeah. No, no, no. It's a big one. And it's quite cheap. You can even get it in, in Revo, which is a German supermarket Oh, now. that's terrible. I know. That one is Yeah, well, you, you use it for mixing. Um, yeah, yeah. So okay, they drink a lot of the highballs, which is just uh, whiskey and soda. But uh, we drank a lot of them in uh, in Japan, and they were quite cheap. Like you get like a liter for seven euros. That's really? Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we were supposed to go to the distillery, but it was uh, in 2019. Mm -hmm. Japan was hosting the Rugby World Cup, and it got hit by a typhoon, <laughs> so they cancelled all the excursions that day. So we never went, unfortunately. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, they do funny things in Japan, right? There's this the. <laughs> Rugby, I didn't know that they play no, baseball. Rugby, yeah. They play baseball. Yeah. And I said, holy cow, why do you play baseball? <laughs> I mean, the, it is in the middle of... But also, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Also, rugby is because rugby is generally... Cricket is like all UK oh. plus Commonwealth yeah, countries common mostly. Role, yeah, and rugby is like that, then plus a few random ones. South <laughs> Africa, New Zealand, and I think that no, was... No, then Italy and Italy. Japan. And ah, France. And really, France. yeah. Okay. In France, yeah, I was surprised yeah. to hear they play yeah. rugby yeah. in France. Yeah. But the baseball is only in the United States and in Japan. Japan, seemingly, yeah. Is there anybody else play? Does I'm sure, but uh, in, the big, in the big league, yeah, that's about it, I think. Hmm. Um, but do you know, actually, um, cricket is the biggest growth sport in Germany because of all the Indian diaspora coming here now. Ah, the new yeah. expatriates coming to yeah. Berlin. So cricket is becoming huge in really? Germany. Probably only mostly thanks to one or two ethnicities, but still it's kind <laughs> of funny. <laughs> but, uh, oh, good Lord, crickets. I have a friend, uh, an Indian friend, who was uh, running outdoor games uh, all during times when you couldn't do much indoors. And uh, I watched the World Cup with him a couple of years ago. And it's funny, it was in an English bar. And you watch all the, not even just Germans, but probably even just Europeans walking apart from English people, walking past going like, what is that? What is that? <laughs> what what kind of a game is that? I must have been like, I, I'm half English, half Australian. So everyone always likes to go, what cricket team do you support? Like, I find cricket really boring. I must have been. So well, it is. takes days, right? Sometimes yeah. cricket takes for days. What's happening? It's all right. Okay. So... We are good with the ice hockey game, right? Next weekend, we have the ice oh, hockey. Oh, yeah. So, so uh, <laughs> let's, okay, let's huh. finish sports and then we'll do a okay, joke. Okay, okay. So, okay. ice hockey is actually surprisingly big in Germany. Uh -huh. but um, And it's quite good fun to watch. I like it because you can uh, knock the, the, the puck all around the rink. Yeah. And there's no out. You can actually use, and they do that quite a lot, and it's super fun. You, they'll hit it into a wall. And it's it really a high momentum game. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that. Um, but the funny thing in Berlin especially is a lot of the players are from North America and Canada. So the commentator will keep switching between German and English all the time <laughs> when he talks to them. And you'll have like, you know, these very German names and then, you know, these very kind of North American names <laughs> mixed in. Uh, but actually, every time I've ever watched them, they've lost. So we'll see what, what happens next. What was the name of the, the Berlin bear? Ice, ice bear. Ice bear. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ice bears, yeah. yeah. We went to game, I think, last December or something, I remember. I honestly can't remember. A year ago. Can yeah. you believe that? Yeah. We're going to go again. Good. Um, That's good fun. Right, I look forward fun. to it.
Have you got a joke for us? Tell us a joke. <laughs> you want a joke. And I will admit a bit behind the veil. Last episode, I'd heard the jokes already. This time I have not heard them. So oh, <laughs> okay. my Chris. reaction will be live. Natural. So I have two jokes for you. Okay, let's do one now. Okay, let me do the one, first one. This one. Oh, okay, I, let me work on this one. The first one is uh, this, this lady and the guy, they mm-hmm. start dating. Okay. Okay, like a couple of weeks of dating. Right. They are a bit shy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So after a couple of weeks, they decide to get intimate. Okay, like say uh, hello to each other or something. Hello to each other. Yeah. Like, yeah, they won't see each other naked and touch <gasps> each other, I guess. So oh my God. they meet at one's place and then the guy takes off his shoes and then takes off his socks and then the lady looks at his feet and she was like surprised. Some of her, t- the toes of the guy was missing. Some of them were crooked. And she said, oh my God, what happened to your feet? She asks and the guy says, well, when I was a kid, I had polio. That's why I have this, this feet. She asked, did you mean polio? The guy said, no, no, it was polio. It only affected my toes. That's why I have some missing toes and then some of them are a bit crooked. Okay, she says. She didn't want to uh, like the, kill the mood of the night. So then they just go, okay, so I don't mind. I mean, I like you. So the guy takes off his pants and then suddenly she looks at his knees. It's just a patch of white patches on his knees. So, oh my God, she asked, what happened to your knees? The guy says, well, when I was a kid, I had the measles. Did you mean measles? <laughs> so no, 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 it was measles, measles. It only affected my knees. That's why I have these white patches around my knees. She says, okay, I guess it's okay. I like you, darling. And then the guy <laughs> drops his pants. <laughs> I guess you know where this is going. And then before the guy says anything, the, the lady starts laughing like crazy. And she says, okay, why are you laughing? The guy is a bit pissed off. She says, okay, let me guess. You had small cocks when you were a kid. <laughs> I mean, okay. Okay. All right. okay. okay. <laughs> I mean, firstly, I'm concerned that okay. he's, he's doing all the clothes removal here. Well, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, she wasn't helping him. Or... I mean, we, we've no idea what she might have either. So. Oh, yeah. I, you're right. I mean, uh, the joke doesn't tell anything. Okay, what is the situation of her, right? Uh, the, the physicalities. I mean, we, I mean, if we want to be accurate here, <laughs> smallpox. <laughs> Small cock. Okay. <laughs> smallpox. Okay. Which I'm guessing is what the punchline is based on. Yes. <laughs> To be honest with you, I'm not 100 percent sure what the symptoms are, but I don't think I'm not sure if they're related to where the what the punchline's about. But okay, it's the word pun. I mean, it is I more know, like I know, Mustafa. Okay, and, and to be honest with you, measles doesn't really sound that bad. Measles doesn't sound yeah, that bad. Sound that bad. Polio, like that one is a toast. little bit. Yeah, I'm not particularly into ugly feet, so I don't know. But uh, but also, I mean, the, the the important question that everybody wants to know. Everybody's on okay. the edge of their seat on. Tenderhooks wanting to know yes. is do they carry on? Ah, that is a good question. Yeah, I guess they carry on. I mean, uh, they, there's this the good old saying: size doesn't matter. I guess, uh, but <laughs> I guess we assume that they, they carry it on, and then we don't know if they stay together or not because that is another question. Because you're already undressed, so what would you do? Put on your clothes or you say, okay, let's get to the bedroom. I guess that is the shortest path is just carry on. What did you, what do you speculate? I mean, I'm waiting for him to take his shirt off and see what's happening out there. 
<laughs> the shirt, yeah, that is. Well, uh, can, we, can we make a new a second punchline? Chest, 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 chesticles. Uh, no, that doesn't chesticles work. Chesticles or no, hair. Doesn't. I mean, it's going to be. A, I watched this yesterday. It was the movie? I'm into this the 80s, 90s comedy. I watched the. What was that guy? That guy in that film again. Good lord, <laughs> Austin Powers. Austin, oh, Austin Powers. Powers. That Good lord, 90s, that yeah. is like terrible. Mike Myers. Also yeah. the name of one of my favorite uh, horror film villains. Yeah, Peter and then uh, one of his key signature things is that he has this hair on his chest like yeah. a monkey. And then he's about to make love to this lady. And then she says, oh, come here, monkey man, make love to me. And I said, yes, that is the lady I'm looking for, which I haven't found so far. But I mean, and I don't like to share, shave, shave my chest hair, by the way. This spoiler. is why you wear such high necks on you. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that bad. Like I think my chest hair doesn't really come out of my neck and then just say hello to people. But still, because uh, I used to go to the gym in Germany and that's the one thing you see in Germany in the gym says, they just walk butt naked. I know. And as an as a, an Anglo-Saxon, <laughs> I can't cope with it. it yeah, <laughs> I mean, uh, and I I said, oh my God, I think you don't really like me. You give me this thing and then you give them that thing. That is not very fair. Plus, I have a lot of hair and these dudes, they don't have any hair. So that is why I, I stick to that's my That's why guns. you don't go to the gym. Yes, <laughs> that's, why I, I, that's why I canceled my gym membership. Ah, oh, okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay, Mustafa. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, what do you think about my knee joke? Or I think you had some genuine uh, it's, 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 chuckles there a little bit. It's, it's, it's not bad. It's not I bad. I thought it was going to be filthier, I must admit. No, today oh. I don't have any filthy jokes today. Today is this. Okay, you might as well turn off now, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I tried this one with a friend yesterday and then he gave me a good laugh and okay. then he said, okay, that's, that's one of your good okay. ones. Okay. I tell you what, Mustafa, last time we were here, you had a very good. Shaggy dog story of when you went shopping for random things and bought all sorts of random things. Today, oh my God, Mustafa, oh my God, do you know what today is? It's a special day. It's what a Sunday. It? Do you know what Sunday, this Sunday is in Germany? I know everyone is so excited. Shopping Sunday? It's a shopping Sunday. Really? Oh my God. I did not know that. Oh my God, Mustafa, you really? missed out on the, the excitement that the rest of the world gets. Seriously. Shopping on a Sunday. Shopping on a Sunday. My God. I haven't done it almost a year. Wow. Shopping on a Sunday. I mean, I don't know how you can be holding yourself back, Mustafa. Do you know the reasons why they don't do shopping in, on Sundays in Germany? I think it's like many other German things. They give lots of reasons. But in this particular case, it's actually because the trade association doesn't want them to. If you actually speak to the workers, they would rather. If you speak to the consumers, they would rather. The only people actually stopping it are the are the unions. So. I thought it wasn't the unions. It was a religious thing. Nope. It was a Christian thing. Nope. And nope. Berlin is a very... Traditionally, yes, but that's not the reason anymore. Anymore, really? No. Because ah. if you ever look at any shop when they have an opportunity to open on a Sunday, or even the shops that kind of illegitimately mm -hmm. open on a Sunday... They will do it as soon as they can. Ah. <laughs> it's, it's good for everybody. Like uh, they even talking about during the lockdown times yes. when all the shops were losing money of opening on Sundays for the whole time so they could huh. make up some money. So they know people go shopping on a Sunday. It's purely 
I don't really want to get too deep into this, but there's a lot of evidence to show that the kind of the it's industry bodies in Germany do not always really represent the industries they represent that well. Yeah, I mean, in yeah. Germany is a bit interesting place. <laughs> Recently, I learned that they have been trying to find 65 billion euros. Oh, this is, this is in the news. <laughs> this will date when we recorded this episode. Okay, yeah, so that yeah. is like, and I said, oh, good Lord, I love this country. It's so good, so great to me. And then... Why do they do these kind of things sometimes? The, the, the I thing is, though, I'm slightly confused about that because mm. I've heard people say 65 million and 65 billion. Billion, billion. And there is a, a big difference. Between there is a billion. 65 million in a government it budget is. is not that much. 65 no. billion is billion. a lot. So well, I'm not 100% sure who is right. It is billion. And uh, that is the that Berlin government, the city of Berlin. No, no, it's the, it's as the well. It is oh, as big oh, yeah, as yeah, the yeah. whole Berlin government yeah. has uh, 65 to 85 billion Yeah. You're a dad, but I am not happy with Germany at the moment, and I let's not let's not get too uh, political. Let's say just a lot of things, but let's I mean, I I still like here. So the less I listen to the news and other stuff, I'm happy. I get my whiskey. There's discount and alcohol is cheap. Alcohol is cheap. Okay, Mr. Phil. Let's, okay. let's get back to uh, yes. <laughs> let's get back to more uh, topics that don't get Chris riled up. Mm. Um, Christmas. So, Chris, yeah, what is your Christmas plan? So Chris, Christmas, it's right. rhymes. So. Well, but we wanted to uh, make things more cheerful. I'm going to tell you now how I don't like Christmas. So we're oh. really going to get this cheerful. Oh, then maybe you can change. <laughs> you know the Grinch? Grinch, yes, I, I know. am the Grinch. You are the Grinch. But there's reasons. Okay. I'm, I'm going to get serious for a second again. Not okay. that we've been serious enough already. Um, Christmas. <sighs> One thing I always like to remind people of at this time of year is that Christmas isn't Great for everybody. No. Especially if mm. you have a small family, especially if you live nowhere near your family, mm -hmm. especially if you're estranged from your family. Everyone talking to you about family, 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 such good times. Actually, it is quite a lonely time for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. It's your PSA here. We are really dating when we're recording this, which is the beginning of December. Because <laughs> um, we're probably not going to put this out till, <laughs> till 2024. <laughs> But anyway, um, whatever. <laughs> so... Mm. It's, uh, I have a very small family. My wife has a very small family who oh, lives okay. the other side of the world. So Christmas has always been a bit of a non-event for both okay. of us. Some of my best Christmases have actually been um, with friends. Okay. So when we lived in Australia, we had a couple of big family Christmases. And mm -hmm. summer Christmas, actually, I will tell you, anyone who's not had a summer Christmas, a summer Christmas to me is ah, weird as, summer, yes. as weird as it may sound, I much prefer it. Because there's more energy, it's over with a lot quicker, it's actually more cheerful. I know it may sound weird, but anyone else from the Southern Hemisphere will understand what I mean. It actually is it actually has its own charms, I will say that. Now that you went to Southern yeah. Hemisphere, a question came to my mind. Yeah. Do you know what percentage of the human population lives in the Southern Hemisphere? Yep, because you have South America and you have Africa, so it's actually a fair amount of, of people. <laughs> yeah, so make, make oh, a Indonesia guess. Indonesia as well. Make a guess. India, actually. I was very surprised with the answer, actually. Percentage. Percentage. Was um, of the total world population. What percentage how, of the world population lives of China in, in the Southern Hemisphere? China is mostly in the Northern. India mm -hmm. is in the... You will be really surprised with the answer, by the no, way. No, India, I'm not sure if it's in the northern, southern, or both. So I'm going to go for 70%. In southern hemisphere? Yeah. Okay, think one more time. I will give you a second chance. That is way off, let me say that way. Oh, okay. Uh, maybe I'm overestimating then. All right, then. 
Southern thirty hemisphere. You want me to give you another chance? <laughs> well, I've got it two extremes. I mean, I can't. <laughs> because I was also like, yeah, I did it like I said, well, maybe thirty percent, forty percent. I guess I'm guessing it's completely the other way from what I think. Ten percent. Exactly, ten to twelve percent. Really? Okay. That is, I was really oh, down into it because if you look at the map, there's Australia. South American, a little oh, tip of Africa. It's only the tip of Africa. Just okay. the tip it, of Africa. It's not India, it's not China. Just Brazil and then yeah. just some of it. So if you include India and China, not in that. Well, that's yeah, nearly India, half China, the population. All, of yeah, the world India alone. and China all in the Northern Hemisphere. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. Okay. I wasn't 100% sure where the line was. Yeah, so Southern Hemisphere is... It's I didn't. I was really surprised. It's well, just like to those ten percent of you listening. Ten <laughs> percent. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. So, but anyway, this year, fortunately, we actually have uh, a lot of um, uh, friends. The nice thing about Berlin is I've lived in. Well, I've lived in uh, other cities in Europe. Actually, I lived in London, which is not too different from here, in that there's a lot of people from Europe who will go home for Christmas, but there's also a lot of people who don't. Because they're in America, they're in Australia, they're in India, in China, whatever. So it's a little expensive to go mm -hmm. home. Uh, and that's also the same here. There's a lot of people who don't go home for Christmas because it's too expensive. So it does mean you can have what I will call orphan's Christmas quite easily. Mm -hmm. And so this year actually is going to be quite good. We have a party on the 23rd. We have a party on the 24th and we have a party on the 27th. Seventh. Yeah. Oh, uh, you already have pre-parties. Yeah. So actually, to be honest with you, I even said to my wife, I wouldn't mind just Christmas Day, which we do on the 25th in the Anglosphere, uh, to ourselves. Uh -huh. I think she's inviting uh, another couple over. Ah, you're pretty busy then this, this holiday season. The yeah. 24th, actually, you know, I'm not a Christian or anything, but... I like as a tradition. I like to go to the Marine Kirche with my friends. Yeah, and they have after midnight. I think or midnight not mass, after. Yeah. No, after around ten p.m. I think yeah. they have a orgel music concert. Yeah, they have the biggest, I, largest uh, orgel in I, Berlin. Orgel it's, is an organ, by the way. Yeah, it is organ. But <laughs> orgel, uh, it's a German yeah, way of organ. Yeah, organ yeah. music uh, concert, which is yeah, sleepy, I know, but I, I'm not religious either. But I must admit, I think Christmas and Easter are the two times where it's kind of like. Well, yeah, okay. I'm not Christian. <laughs> Are the two times when there's a certain charm with going Christmas carol? I quite like Christmas carols. Yeah. I must admit, um, you don't get it so much in Germany, but you do in the Anglosphere. Ah, okay. The one thing that does actually make me feel quite Christmassy when I come across it is the Salvation Army doing carols. <laughs> uh, you don't you do, ah. you get them a little bit in Germany. They're called something else. The Heiliger Heiliger Abend. Concert no, 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 it's because Salvation Army, they call it like the Holy Army here. Ah, okay. Um, yeah, I saw some people I can't remember the name, singing in front of a Christmas tree mm. uh, in front of a Mall of Berlin on Friday. The Salvation Army have also now acquired a reputation of... Uh, so kind of, okay. I don't know. Well, I think any kind of religious order is prone to have some kind of controversy around it, unfortunately. So. Well, so... In, but I like the whole this, the lights and the glue wine and then the the cheerfulness of the people. I think it yeah, is. Yeah, true, that's true. And I mean, I was raised Muslim, but I, I call myself agnostic right now. I don't believe in any agnostic uh, things. Or agnostic. Okay, okay, okay. So I, 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 don't have, I don't practice anything and I I feel more 
Uh, I mean, I there might be some God, but I don't know who he might be or she might be or they might be <laughs> like, but that is or genderless a God. But Alanis if Morissette. there is no God, I am okay. Alanis there... Morissette has been my favorite God. Uh, who? Alanis Morissette. In Alanis Dogma. Morissette. <laughs> in Dogma. I love that film anyway. Okay, yeah. So, but I like the whole is the traditional... Uh, Celebration, I think that's one thing. Because yeah. it puts yeah. people into cheerful mood. I think that's good. And uh, it's a festival. And then I say 22nd of December is the, the shortest day of the year. So we are celebrating it the turning point. Of, yeah, it only gets better from there. <laughs> let's, that's let's, what I am celebrating. Let's ignore January and February, which are usually miserable. Yes. <laughs> but we are reaching the end. We are reaching the bottom, Chris. I think that's why it is worth celebrating uh, with the wine and the light shows and everything. So it's weird, glue vine. So in in uh, in the Anglers we call it mild wine. Ah, mild wine. It, but it's weird; they are slightly different. So I will say that in Germany, glue vine often yes comes from a packet, and I find it a bit too sweet. Ah. Whereas often glue vine is made from scratch in uh, even in Australia, mm-hmm. and it tends to be less sweet, and you mix it <sighs> with more fruit and often with whiskey or brandy as well. Oh, okay, so it's a bit more boozy Ooh, as well. Boozy. Here you can get it as a brand yeah, extra yeah, shop, but, but it yeah. it messes me. <laughs> the only place I have found mm-hmm. this is get very obscure now. Any place I've found in Berlin Christmas markets that has it, there is a Christmas market in a place called Rixdorf. Now it's it's very oh, interesting because Dorf in German means village, and it's really not a village, but it's just a it's a weird little pocket of quite a kind of busy neighborhood. It's a bit far away, isn't no, it? No, 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 no. It's just outside the the Ringbahn here. The- is that the one they have? This the what is it the the fighters with their big sports. What no, they, no, no, no. That's, that's, I think that's a Ritter. Ritter, uh, Ritter yeah, festival. Yeah, Ritter, yeah. Oh, that is the... No, it's just the name of a suburb. Ah, okay. But uh, a lot of it is run by community groups, which okay. is quite nice because a lot of German Christmas markets, sorry to disappoint you, are actually quite commercial. Uh, but it's one of the few that is has a lot of it run by community groups. And there's one particular one that's in a horse. I'm not sure what it is. Uh, either it's a stable or it's a horse hospital. I don't know. And mm. that one place has one glue vine I like, and that's the only uh, one I will buy. <laughs> okay. I mean, I already, this year I had uh, three or four glue vines with my brother. <laughs> he was here two weeks ago. So the one at the Post Summer Plus is open, early yep. open. So we went there, we had some glue yep. wine. And I, ha- I had some, you know, the food at the, the Christmas markets, they are terrible. Oh, it's all They're the same the, as well. Yeah. So, but I like the pan fried mushrooms. They are my favorite. <laughs> and then some uh, pommes, which is the French fries. By the way, do you know where they, uh, the French fries, they're not prepared in France. You know that, right? Yep. Where? From Belgium. No. Oh. They are made in uh, Greece. <laughs> Got a bonus joke. <laughs> I think sure. I heard that one from you before. <laughs> no, I think I did that one before, maybe. Sorry for that. You want one more, a little bit more? The Japanese? Let's take another last break and then we'll, we'll, and the- we'll, we'll go into our final third. How about that? Okay. All right, Mustafa. Thank you. All right, are we on air, Chris? We're on air, Mustafa. All right. (laughs) We are back. (laughs) What are we drinking in our final sprint, Mustafa? This is Aberlour, 18 years. Uh, Well, let me get the bottle again. Whilst Mustafa is getting the bottle, I will. uh, It's very dark. It looks like, it actually looks a bit like um, sherry. Yeah, actually you got it. It's a double sherry cask oh, there we go. finish. That it. <laughs> it's a double sherry cask finish. This is an 18 years old. Uh, it has a very subtle age. smell, actually. Really? Yeah. 
and to create a complex flavor with lasting sweetness. There is a sweetness to it because the yeah. ch- chiquita, cheetah, cheetah, yes. yes, hits you with that strong alcohol smell. This one has a very smooth smell, which is why it's a, definitely a lot of sherry. Oh yeah, this one is a really nice smell. I agree with you. Because the cheetah was like, if you sniff it, it gives you like, wow. Yeah, that is very smooth. You can definitely taste the sherry though. Or you, I'm not sure if you can taste it, but it, um, it takes the edge off. And this uh, doesn't burn you. Yeah, it's at 43%. Yeah. From the Knob Creek that we started with 50%, I think we are going down. It's not a bad thing. <laughs> it's not a bad thing. There is something uh, with the Speyside whiskeys, that sweetness. and the, that. Apart from the Fumar, the Speyside are generally not smoky. So. Yeah. Yeah. Fumar is a very, I think it's a smoky, only smoky Tell you what I'll bring next time, Mustafa, just because uh, it's it's not the world's best whiskey, but it's mm-hmm. available in Europe. It's not wildly overpriced considering where mm-hmm. it comes from, but just different is an Australian whiskey, actually. Australian? Called... <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Australian, they may like... <laughs> Good. <laughs> You shouldn't cut that one. Okay. <laughs> Don't cut that, please. Okay. Starwood. 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 Yeah. I guess referencing the flag. Um, and it's, I say it's, it's, it's perfectly decent. Yeah. But uh, often whiskey comes from colder climates. So mm-hmm. it's interesting to have one from a warmer climate. I think it's from Melbourne, actually. Mm-hmm. You get more in Tasmania, which is a bit colder. Ah, uh, okay. But Melbourne, well, Melbourne has winter, but it's not like Scotland. Um, and it's, it's okay. It, it's, it's not okay. bad. And it, you can get it here. It's not even that expensive, actually. So maybe I'll get a bottle of that for next time just so we yeah, can that's a go around the world. Whiskey. There's even our favorite bar, uh, Offside. Offside. They have it there. Yeah, they do have it there. But also they also have, um, I think they have Indian whiskey, all sorts of things, actually. Germany has, actually, we should do a German special. Germany has been making some pretty reasonable whiskey recently. They actually, I heard that as well, because whiskey Sleers, is- Stork. Yeah. Actually, whiskey is double distilled uh, beer, right? If you make a lot of beer, why don't you yeah. make the whiskey? It's kind of interesting. I actually, uh, maybe actually, maybe I should save this anecdote for, <laughs> for the German special, but that's probably going to be a month's time so I can recount it again. Yeah. Uh, one of the first things we did post the kind of lockdowns lifting here was we went to visit the Stork Distillery. It's in a place called Spreewald. Stork. Yep. It does that the bird, right? Stork. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. And actually, uh, going full circle here, Spreewald is also famous for gherkins, which must have mentioned earlier. Uh, gherkins. Um, pickles. Pickles, yes. And uh, the distillery is quite new. The place it's in is a nothing sort of town. It's weird. Like, they have this really awesome distillery and nothing else around it. Um, but uh, we did one of the first tours. They, I think we no, I think we did the first tour since they'd reopened. Really? Huh. And so they were in really good mood. <laughs> <laughs> and we... We got a lot of free samples. Um, ah, that's nice. Uh, but it's uh, it's one of the, a lot of the modern distilleries do this sort of mix between Scotch and bourbon style, and that's their famous one. Is like a rye, a malt rye blend. Actually, I think one of the ones we had last time was a bit like that too. Ah, oh, that's so good. Let's do that one. Yeah, we so could do a German idea. special. Sleers from Bavaria is also not too bad. Uh huh. Uh, I'm sure there's more than two, but <laughs> you can find out some others. Hmm. Can I take yeah. you the tour? You mentioned that you did the tour yeah. right after the opening, yeah. right after the yeah. COVID. And 
recently, you know, I take U6 to work and then some uh, knucklets, they stole the cable in one of the lines and the train arrives every 10 minutes now. So the symptom I experience in the mornings is that every train that comes is pretty packed. Yeah, so yeah. people just like uh, smash to the windows and the walls and then I just push myself to get in and then I see some people using the masks yeah. and I don't have the mask and then we have this really intimate moments with the old Berlin people, population. It stinks in the train. Oh, Berlin underground is notorious <laughs> for people stinking, yes. <laughs> yeah, but this is like extremely stinking now because it wasn't like this, but this the train come going from three minutes per second uh, frequency to the to 10 minutes per second, like t- every 10 minutes periods. Three no. minutes per second. No, no, every three minutes. Uh, <laughs> that is too fast. Okay, okay. that doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, every three minutes to every ten minutes. Now yeah, it is no, extremely no. packed, and then and we are just like touch like a really was the shoulder to shoulder traveling, and then it stinks. You get into train, yeah. and then if you make it to the next station, you say actually it doesn't stink that bad. And then I feel like part of the society, <laughs> and that's okay. I'm a real Berliner. You contributing to that smell, must yeah. Have. And then uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that is on the way back <laughs> after you've been to the gym. Yeah, and then I see some of these people putting masks, and I say, ah, that is. I think some people they still retain that uh, this culture. Habit. I think I don't know. I don't know. I, I, well, I would admit to you that I do it myself a little bit. There are times when you find yourself squashed in with a bunch of people and there's some people especially this time of year huffing all over the Coughing, place yes and there are times now where i think at least it's you know in the west anyway where we never did these kind of things and we yes. even frowned upon it whereas i think now you can do that and there are some people who are kind of like oh why are you bothering and there are some people who would do it all the time but there are a lot of people now who'd be like eh, yeah. you like you know so I, I agree with you i think that's mm-hmm. what i learned from covid experience is yeah. that I used to say, oh, what the heck is wrong with this guy? Why is yeah. he putting a mask? But now I say, oh, okay, I guess he feels a bit sensitive. Yeah. I am more like warmer to these people. But I tell you, on the subject of warm, <laughs> one thing I think a lot of people are doing in winter is they keep your face warm. As well. Oh, yeah, that actually, <laughs> if it is on windy. A bike or something. <laughs> yeah, if it is windy. And the... it's cheaper than a scarf or a proper. <laughs> 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 you know? Well, I mean, I remember every time I put on the mask, I use glasses and then it yeah, just yeah, used yeah. to fog and I I don't use it. But still, yeah. it is like below minus three, four these yeah. days. If it goes to minus 15, I guess I'll use the mask as well. I, I can see the advantages there. And definitely, uh, I, scarves always fall off, whereas yeah. the elastic will <laughs> Anyway. But, but yeah, it's a fashion statement. I still don't use I use. I don't think it's a fashion statement. Really. In Korea, I think they use it as a fashion statement. In Asia, ah, it is like. Asia like has to- much more of a history of, of doing it when you are unwell as well, which I think is, to be honest with you, I will be extremely happy in the West if that's something we adopted widely. If you're sick, wear one. I oh, think yeah. that's a perfectly good thing to do. And yes, I wish oh, yeah, did. I totally agree. But I mean, if someone is coughing in the train, I just get a bit nervous. I, I'm almost at the point where there's two things I want to carry on every public transport. Yes. Cheap headphones for people who just don't, haven't seemed to have heard of them. <laughs> and face masks for people who keep coughing all the time. <laughs> just give them out to people. I mean, if you're sick, <laughs> I mean, if you're sick, you should stay at home. I think that's a pretty good place. 
Because that's what I do. If I'm sick, I stay at home. Then yeah. at first I used to frown on and say, oh my God, if you're sick, you have to still go to work. I mean, that was, I know, the, I know. That was the culture in Turkey. If you're not dying, you have to go to work. If you're not dying. <laughs> and if you are sneezing or coughing, that's okay. You're not dead. There's so you have to go to work. difference between sneezing and coughing and dying. <laughs> but here, when I first came to Germany, I go, oh, <laughs> a little bit coughing. So oh, go home, please. That's because there's a very, yes. And anyway. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, well, I, before we get into conversations on this, we get to conversations on German uh, attitudes towards being sick and medication and stuff. Let's let's just let's, let's just close that rabbit hole. The, okay, and I tell you what, Mustafa, how about you tell us a joke? Okay, second joke. Oh yeah. my god. Okay, let me remember the joke. I think I told you the first one. It was about the the sicknesses. I think very sicknesses. <laughs> we should have so, reordered things. Now <laughs> I remember the first joke. Okay, so this guy. This guy, it's always about a guy. There's always a guy. He was in a restaurant, nice fancy restaurant, dining by himself, lonely single guy like me. Sometimes he's just traveling for work. Yeah, let's say that way. And then he, on the next table, he sees another really good looking, attractive lady dining on her by herself as well, alone. Who's and, also on a business trip. Uh, yeah, Who's maybe, yes. Maybe, okay, we'll see. They're both high-powered, <laughs> high-flying high business high individuals. Flying. Okay, so then, uh, uh, then this lady suddenly, she's... And he sees her as, oh my gosh, she's so attractive. And then suddenly this lady, she sneezes and then her eye suck, pops out of her eye and then just flies. And then he just, with a jerk boom, he just uh, cat grabs the, the catches the eye and then holds it. And then he goes to the lady and says, excuse me, ma'am, uh, just your eye. This is your eye. The lady picks up the eye and then puts it back into her eye socket. And then she, she thanks him. And then she says, oh, please, uh, I'd like to thank you. Why don't you join me for dinner? It looks you are also dining on your own. The guy says, okay, why not? They join and then they have an amazing conversation. <laughs> and then she, and then the, the, the lady invites him to the bar. I said, would you like to have a drink? And then they go to the bar, they have a drink. And then the conversation was really going flowing great. They have this intimate chemistry. <laughs> and is it the same two people from the same <laughs> <laughs> No, this is different people. So this is this is this is why she didn't take her clothes off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe anyway. And then uh, end of the night she says, hey, you know, I think would you like to come to come over to my since you made the set them okay, they are business travels. Okay, why didn't you come over to my hotel room? She invites him to her hotel room <laughs> and then they go to her, her hotel room and then they just uh, get take off their clothes and get very intimate and they spend the night of joy and happiness and hugging, touching each other. Is this a joke or just? Yeah, a, and then uh, in the morning, <laughs> the guy cannot believe it. I mean, it happened so fast, so great, so happy, joyful. And in the morning he wakes up, he looks around and that beautiful lady lying next to him. And then she wakes up, good morning, honey, how are you? It was a great night. Then he says, I can't believe this, why, so amazing. Why did you do, do all these things? I can't believe, I mean, it's so amazing, you're so beautiful. And then, and then it was amazing and she said, well, you happened to catch my eye. Oh my God. <laughs> that was a lot of built for her, really. <laughs> you just happened to catch my eye. I mean, <laughs> that was so much build up. That was a. <laughs> well, this is some kind of a Norm McDonald kind of a joke, which I remember he passed away last year, right? 
Norm MacDonald, he was. Oh he, my God. Yeah, he, I, don't, I don't know who that is. Norm so. MacDonald, he used to tell this kind of jokes. I, all I was thinking was uh, old MacDonald had a farm. That's what I was no, thinking. no, no. Norm <laughs> MacDonald is one of my favorite comedians. I like him. I think he has a moth joke. You have to listen to that one. A what joke? Moth. This, this, the night. Uh, oh, the moth. Ah, the moth. Okay, okay, he okay, has okay, a joke okay. like that. I mean, I can tell it next time, but you should listen to it. I don't know. Are jokes YouTube. copyrighted? It is. A, no, it's just like a good joke. You have to listen to it from okay. Norm MacDonald. But Chris, do you know what happened last week? I think some, since I mentioned that someone caught your eye. No, two people passed away last week. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> two old men died last week. Yes, I know one of them. I think who? Henry Kissinger. Okay, then, okay. What do you know about him? He's controversial. Yes, <laughs> he is very interesting. I read an article about him on the Economist. Yeah. This is bum bum bum. So commercial break. Uh, actually. I think the, the interview was, they interviewed about him, okay, how will the world is going to find mm. peace and uh, what is it in the coming years? Because USA and China kind of going into conflicts. And he said, well, you know, USA has to learn to respect China and then treat them as equals. And China will have to learn to restrain their newly found power so that they don't exert it and escalate the conflict. And uh, his last sentence was that, but I won't be around to see it anyway. <laughs> and I yeah. said, that is the sentence which stayed with me. He says, the future is your guys. I mean, I stayed, he was, I think, 100 years old or something. Mm, yeah. He passed away. I lived long enough. Whatever he did, I think he did whatever controversial. But he said, from now on, it is your problem. I don't give a shit. I think that is the mind of a guy who found his final piece about dying. And I said, I like that for some reason. <laughs> Yeah, it's like you don't like his actions, but you like his attitude. <laughs> but he's dying, and then in the last part, it's okay. I guess you gotta sort it out. I don't give a shit anymore. Who was the other person who died then? I mean, the, okay, a lot of people have died in the past week, but old man, two old man. I mean, this. Is I mean, a very, I'm sure a lot of old men have died as well. But I'm assuming you mean a famous old. This right? one, this one is a really rich one. This guy is. Well, Henry Kissinger wasn't. Oh no, he is like a Warren Buffett. You know Warren Buffett. He died. No, oh, his, okay. his business partner. <laughs> oh, Charlie Munker or Munker. He passed away, his partner, business partner, okay. Charlie Muncher or Munker, I don't know how to, I'm struggling with Mishters or Mishters, okay. <laughs> Muncher or Munker, let's call it. He passed away at the age of 92 or something oh, uh, with okay. a net worth of like $2.5 billion. <laughs> and then, uh, and I mean, he was one of the biggest investors, I think, in the history of it. So why does Buff everybody know Buffett and not him? Huh? Why does everybody know Buffett and not him? The, he's also very well known. If you look into Charlie Munger, there's a lot of like sayings, like the, what is anecdotal nice sayings about stuff. And then, and I was thinking, okay, here you are, 92 years old. You are, you have 2.4 billion, 5 billion euro dollars of net value. And then you still fucking die. You can do everything with money, but you can't buy your way out of that. But you can... I think the, the thing is with a lot of wealthy slash famous people slash, I don't know, people who made an impact in some way, negative, positive, mm -hmm. large or small, is, and this is something actually I think is important to me as well, mm -hmm. is legacy. Legacy. And of course, you cannot stop yourself dying yes. physically, yes. but being rich, being famous, being influential, whatever, you can stop your, your sense of you yes. dying. That is actually something. And of course, you, unless you believe in an afterlife and all those sort of things, you will not be around to know this, but you will know this on your deathbed, probably, that you 
have a legacy. People will talk about your death. People will yes. talk about your life. And this is something that other things can buy, but also money can buy, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. But I mean, leaving some legacy. I, also, I still, I mean, this is the time of the year, like end of the year, I do my personal accounting, like balance, yeah. balance check. Okay, what did I do in this year, past year? I'm happy. Am I happy with these things? And then oh, I also do like an entire life, my birth to this time of like an accounting and uh, try to set some goals for next year, which is kind of sounds very cliche. Before the new year starts, I already start doing some, start setting targets. And then I question, okay, what is the value of leaving a legacy? If you are dead and if you are not going to know or if you're not going to feel anything about it, I mean, you can be a Nobel Prize winner and then you have a book and then you die and then people, they read it. Does, uh, let's say, give me a name of a famous writer. Let's say Hemingway, does he really care about, or I read his book and I like it. Does he have any thing from this? I think there's a difference because someone like Hemingway and other examples were also famous during their lifetime. Yes. So they did know it. Yeah. But of course, there are always examples. Um, Van Gogh Van Gogh, is one yeah, yeah. who was never famous in their lifetime. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, for myself, it's more I kind of settled to the idea that, okay, Life is short, we are going to get away. We are going to really dark and grim places here, but with whiskey. <laughs> but I say, if you enjoy doing something, just do more of it. I think that's it. Because yeah. without really worrying about a legacy or something, and uh, if it is something good, people might get uh, inspiration from it. I think that's good. Yeah. yeah. If it is not, then it's also okay. Because, but making, creating something and leaving something behind is important yeah. because I learn from all these other I think, people. I think this is very important you say this if we're going to lead towards final words, and I don't mean this that we're <laughs> about, about to, but final words for this episode, because we're talking about final words, is that if you have a creative spark or an idea or something you want to accomplish, you have to do something and put something out there. Yes. And there's no guarantee that you will leave any kind of legacy, but if you put nothing out there, then it definitely won't. Yes. And that is something I will say to a lot of creative people who always ask like, oh, well, how do you, how do you keep going? How do you do this? How do you do that? Well, you have to do something. Yes. And just procrastinating and thinking about it. There is no silver bullet, but there is definitely not a silver bullet when you do nothing. Yeah, so, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't, that may seem like a crazy thing to say. That seems very obvious, but you meet a lot of people in the creative space who talk about being creatives, but don't actually do anything. Yeah, so, creating an yeah. output. I think creating an output, making a book, finishing it. Mm. In my motto is done is better than perfect. Exactly. Anything done, I will take it over. Anything mm. perfect. So, so I'm trying to see what will happen next year. But uh, this is so 92 year old guy. He spent entire life on investment. That's another question I ask myself: Is it is the entire life like he lived 92 years and he spent all on this investment area? Is it yes? Uh, is a good choice to spend? Because, so, because in theory, and not so much about him, but I yeah. do know about Buffett. Yeah, is that they invest in companies and some of those companies were very successful because yeah. of those investments yeah so they did have a they didn't they're not people who've had a direct mm -hmm. impact but they've had an indirect a massive indirect impact whether you agree with that um economic model or not yeah that's undeniable so. well 
kind of interesting because yeah. one funny anecdote is that I speak to my mom every Mondays or Tuesdays. And then one conversation, hey, what happened? And then I called her on, I think on Friday. And then I, she said, hey, call me later. I'm at a funeral. So every time I speak to her, somebody dies in our village. <laughs> and then yeah, she tells yeah, yeah. me, oh, this one is sick and this one is sick. And then this one died. We just buried him. And then she's, okay, it's mostly during winter times or autumn times. There's a lot of death that takes place. And then springtime, it's just like as if in autumn when the trees, they lose their leaves, we, the, the, the earth kind of shakes itself and then less the sick people die. And so you're basically it, saying only summer is a good time. And then summer and winter, for some reason, the death rate is a bit low. I don't know if there's any statistic around that one. So these two people dying at the end of the autumn is kind of, and ah, I guess my mom's uh, uh, old wife's uh, statistics kind of works. Like autumn, people die a lot, and in spring, they die a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This has been a very dark episode, which is weird because we're laughing about it, but whatever, I don't know, I don't know how well, to say that. Let's 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 end on some positives. Firstly, yes. Mustafa mentioned uh, his book already. Irregular Mustafa. Do you use your real name as a writer? Yes, name? I uh, use it as Mustafa, my real name. But you might need. I think there's a lot of Mustafas. You might need to say the second name. Keskin. K e s k i n. And you can find that on all good bookstores, as they say. <laughs> Online, Amazon. Online. <laughs> I also have a short story collection out, and I'm about to put a new one out before I release my novels and i've also got some non-fiction books which are very different but will you have them in hard copy as well or you can get them paperback. in hard copy you can get them from um uh, amazon as well awesome i tried some other outlets and they were so damn fiddly to get the print on demand yeah. to work i gave up but you can always find me on chrischinchilla.com and all the things i do before we finish mustafa yes. i want to ask you one important question okay go ahead. that i don't think you've been noticing because it's been over your shoulder the whole time we've been recording, you've had a screensaver going with all these photos on your TV. Oh, good Where Lord, are these photos if, coming from? Oh, <laughs> it is, they are coming from the internet. So I think it they, comes as random. They're not my photographs. <laughs> I agree. They are not my photographs. So I have an Apple TV, which yeah. uh, uses the screensaver setting. It just it randomly pulls okay. from the internet. So they are not my own photographs. They have been very, very mixed. <laughs> yeah, it's very mixed. I, I like it because it kind of, surprise them sometimes they're mostly boring pictures but some of them are okay yeah. and they say ah why do people take picture of this something i guess every now and then something's come up over your shoulder i'll be like what, <laughs> what <the> <laughs> <laughs> yeah i didn't know yeah. oh, that's interesting look at this now we've got a burnt out minibus saying freedom oh good lord that is yeah terrible pictures i need to admit that but I am too lazy to put my own pictures there it's, it's a bit of good one it's yeah good cool. one. i tell you what most of us this was a this was an interesting episode. We have come to that time of the year where maybe we get pensive and reflective in the in the northern hemisphere where it's yeah. a bit dark and a bit cold. And but I tell you what, Mustafa, good to talk to you. Yeah, Cheers. great chatting with you, Chris. It was always, it's always pleasure.